When we look at institutional behavior, those are the structured rules that our society is guided by. Um, they are those things that were taught at an early age. Those are the things that law enforcement helps us interact with and interpret. We don't speed. Um, we don't steal. Um, those are things that come from also the Ten Commandments, those biblical underwritings that help us to know. Don't covet after someone else's property. Um, treat others as you would want to be treated. Don't murder. Don't cheat. Don't have affairs. Those are things that um, we are socialized to understand. Those are society's expect expectations. So when you hear the term or see the term institutionalized behaviors, those are the norms of society. What is acceptable by the majority of the individuals within that society and within that culture. And when we look in contrast to that, collective behaviors are behaviors that are modified based upon the situation at hand. Um, I love talking about this in class. We talk about fads. You know, back in old timey days, swallowing goldfish and cramming into VWs and cramming into um, the uh, telephone booths of old, where in today's culture it may be, you know, sitting in line on um, the day before, the day after Thanksgiving to get the latest gaming system, you know, to stand in line to get the newest release of some kind of a game or some kind of commodity or some kind of new um, computer. We've had people act totally obscene. We've had many examples within the last few years of crowds gathered to get those very best deals on something and that they'll run and they'll push and someone's been injured or hurt through that process. Um, I am that loving person who loves to get out there and shop the day after Thanksgiving and the day after Christmas to get those good deals. But I understand shopping etiquette and I wait my place in line and I would never bypass you. I would never get out of line and try to take advantage of something that I shouldn't. On the other hand, I'm that fun little person as I'm going through, I'm like, good morning, good morning, nice to meet you. And I'm bouncing around and I'm trying to find that advertised thing that I would like. I'm seldom an impulsive buyer. I have an idea of what I go to do. Um, and a couple years ago, I was down in Florida, a few years ago, really, down in Florida visiting friends. And um, we were on our day after Thanksgiving shopping spree, and um, a, a new Garmin had just been released. And I didn't have a clue what the GPS was and, and what the expectation was with that. And I'm popping through the store, and I'm getting ready to go check out with my few items. And there's two guys standing next to the displays, and I'm like, Oh, that's cool looking. And the guy just picked one up and he said, here, it's half price and your husband will love it. And I'm like, okay, you know, and so I'm going to get this great surprise for my husband and I buy it and check out and go put the stuff in the car. And I come back in and shop leisurely while my friend is still shopping and got it home to her house. And I was going to take it back to Virginia and surprise my husband. And I thought, what if this is something he really doesn't want? How am I going to return it? So I kind of went in and said, I have this Christmas surprise for you. Um, I got it. It's half price. I'm not really quite sure what it is, but it's technology. And I showed it to him. And he's like, oh, I really wanted one of those, but I didn't want to spend the money. And I'm like, shopping queen, half price. This is wonderful. you know. And um, was pleased with my decision to buy, packed it all up, and, and shipped it off. But I laughed because my friend, when we went to get in line, one of her friends had come very early and saved our place. And she and I go to get to the back of the line, 20 people down, and she's like, no, no, come on up. And I come up and I'm like, no, I'm going to go to the back of the line. I don't want to cause a problem. And her friend said, oh, no, no, I told these ladies all around here that you guys were coming, that there was going to be five of you coming and joining us. And all the ladies were like, oh, yeah, it's fine. It's no problem. She told us, come on and get up here and join, you know, join the party. Have a good time. And we're like, okay. And my daughters are looking at me because in our community, you would never, ever think of saving a place. But in that community, oh, they didn't care. It was fine. Everybody was happy. We were chit-chatty. It's just fun to watch socialization at work. Okay, I'm learning something new here. 
This is very interesting. The downside of collective behavior is that people can become riotous. They can become frustrated. When you're in a big group, bad behaviors can come, become contagious. You're anonymous, so you can push someone, you can shove, you can um, say something that's rude or disrespectful and not think that anyone's going to do anything about it. And it's quite stunning when you observe that. Um, this summer I took my kids to an amusement park and my husband and I are, sta are standing in line and there's two or three lines to go in for our um, evening event. We're going to go in and we're going to ride the rides for two and a half hours free because we bought tickets for the next day. And someone tries to cut in line and someone redirects them and someone smart mouths off to a lady that's standing there and her husband's like, you want to talk to my wife that way? You want to be disrespectful? Come on. And they go to have a fight. And my kids are like, where do we go? What do we do? And I'm like looking, where's the police? And someone comes up and kind of stops the problem. And we start talking in our family about collective behavior that, you know, the people thought it was okay to cut because who's going to notice? And then someone corrected them. And as the exchange takes place, you start watching the observations. This is amusement park. We have little kids there. Cool your jets. Stop it. You know, I'm like, put them all in timeout, get them all gone, you know, stop being a part of this. You're, you're a bad example. You're a bad influence. Um, and so as we've seen things in current culture with riots overseas, riots in the United States, um, people uh, picketing because they don't feel like they have the right kind of contract. They're being asked to um, take less pay. They were talking about a, um, a sitcom that, that's a cartoon sitcom in current culture that um, because of the economy and the ratings being down that they've been asked to take like a 45% cut in pay, the actors that voice over these characters and everybody's going to go on strike. And the person that was doing the dialoguing talking about how they're all influencing each other and they're, you know, they may be making $4,000 a segment. Now they're asking to take $2,000. I mean, two, they're making $4 million, asking to take $2 million. And I'm like, I'll volunteer. <laughs> I don't mind getting that kind of money because from my situation, I'm thankful for my jobs and I'm thankful for my income and my husband's income and how we can meet our family's needs that way. Uh, when we look at huge... Um, riots, fun things like flash mobs where people will send out email connections. They only know each other through the internet, but they say, we're going to show up at Times Square and we're going to do this dance for these two minutes and we're going to leave. Um, we have a funny commercial that's out right now of someone who has slow internet service on their phone and he whips off his, you know, raincoat and he starts dancing around doing all the moves and everything and he catches himself and he looks around and nobody else is doing it and he looks at his phone and it says flash mob moved, you know, to 1230 He's like, oh, okay, yeah. And you see everyone standing around that are in those same black clothing with a raincoat on. And we laugh about it, but there are people who will fly all over the world to take part in a flash mob that may last five minutes. Um, we had some here in our community that were spontaneous, standing up singing Christmas carols um, over the holidays last year in um, a mall. And we're like, oh, how fun. I'd love to take part in something like that. On the other hand, mobs can be very, very dangerous. Collective behavior can get out of control and people can riot and burn down buildings. Um, there were groups this year that used the internet to be able to tell people where locations were and lure cops one direction and then loot and burn buildings and harm people in another direction. And they were fighting over um, scarce resources like we talk about with class conflict theory. Those that live in poverty were saying, we're getting even with those that are wealthy. And then they interviewed a couple whose um, storefront was just trashed and looted. And it was a young couple, barely in their 30s, and they had sunk their life 
savings into this. And they're like, we're not the rich. We're just working people trying to ink out a living. And look what they've done. They've destroyed everything. Um, and so we see collective behavior out of control. They were interviewing these individuals and they're like, this is our right. We are showing people who's in charge. We are telling people what we're not gonna take and that they better make changes. Um, and so we see both sides of it. We will have people that pick it. Um, we have people that pick it for moral um, issues, you know, to protect people that are being harmed. Uh, we have people that pick it for bad things, that they're promoting unsavory things. Um, and so collective behavior can influence that as people interact, they engage, they talk. Um, there's a lot of like, I guess almost propaganda. People start stirring up things and where they would um, not step forward and do something in one setting, they will in another. Um, my husband gave the example, he's a police officer and he works on a um, debriefing squad. And he gave the example of a state trooper working with a woman that was standing on a bridge getting ready to jump. And it was that rush hour traffic and cars were blowing their horns and people were stopping and people were yelling at her. And some guy had rolled down his window and he's like, you are so stupid, just jump. If you would just jump, it would resolve everything. And the um, police officer was just so overwhelmed because he said the woman looked him in the eye and said, even people who don't know me know I'm worthless and just let go and fell to her death. And he said, he could not save her and that overwhelmed him. And he said, what was worse is that there was a collective cheer from people standing around when she took her life because they were so angry that she had slowed them down. Okay, time and a human life. Um, seeing how people will act ridiculous can be overwhelming. Um, you know, in looking at research on collective behavior, we understand that you know, anonymity um, really can encourage people to behave in profane ways. Um, you know, Gustav Le Bon talks about in old timey days that people become mad and the herd mentality takes over and people act irrational. Um, we see that so often now, youth will get into gang wars. Um, you'll see um, hazing activities on college campuses that can be deadly and can be harmful. Um, so we see people behaving in ways that they don't think that they're gonna be held accountable for, um, acting out in ways that does impact under other individuals and they don't care. Um, we've seen um, death packs with youth that they've gotten angry at one person and four and five people will choose to take part in stoning that individual or beating that individual so no one person can be held accountable for their death. But they agreed that death was what their goal was and they accomplished that goal by killing them. And so when we're looking through this perspective, understanding that institutionalized behavior, um, those characteristics that are developed within us as we're taught throughout our childhood and adolescence into adulthood, respect for others, good self-care, um, good boundaries and limit setting, all of those things that kind of keep us um, held in, wired in for the long run can go away when we are angry, when we're overwhelmed, when we feel like we've been wronged, when we feel like we're trying to save someone else from something bad. And with that then, um, we see some really tragic events happen. This is something that will be an ongoing issue, I feel, within um, current society today because we have seen generations of individuals that don't feel accountable for their behavior, blame other people for it, and then feel like, if I feel like venting my anger on you, I have the right to do that. And we realize that um, short of Christian faith and um, just the intervention of the Lord, we're gonna continue to see um, detrimental, detrimental situations within our society because people feel like they have the right to treat people as they 
want to, in contrast to the biblical view, treating others the way you want to be treated, respecting other people under Christ because he's um, developed them. And um, it's his goal to see all of us live together in um, harmony and understanding.